Attention, all true believers. Hello, hello, all true believers. Yes, true, and and untrue believers are welcome as well. Indeed, the, we we welcome the comics infidels, those who only read manga and the funny papers, or whatever the hell you happen to read. And uh, those few bearded stone freaks out there who subsist entirely in a diet of old gold key comics. I don't even know what those are. That's how, <laughs> that's how young and uneducated I am. But anyway, yes, this is your brain on comics. I am the bent one. I am the unman. And we are here to bring you uh, news, reviews, and the general seduction of the innocent on everything regarding uh, comics, both if new you're innocent, and innocent, consider old. yourself seduced. Indeed, it's over. Well, well, the seduction has begun. The the uh, the the, the uh, what, what what would you call it? the uh, the 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 loss of the uh, the the true loss of innocence shall happen down the road. Uh, <laughs> it's debatable what comics actually cause the loss of innocence, um, but uh, certainly somewhere in the giant, you know, pile of thousands and thousands of comics that have been created, there is one that I'm guaranteed. If you if you talk to uh, enough people, you will find one that someone will say has scarred them for life, and and that's what we're here to talk about. We're here to investigate those on yes, a indeed yes yes um, a small announcement on that actually we are not going to be a weekly podcast as I had originally envisioned. Uh, there's just, just two... a week one. Just a week podcast. <laughs> very, very weak, Freya. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> pocket full of kryptonite, man. Indeed. Uh, ex- same old story. Excellent song, by the way. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, so, so yes, we will be doing a, a, a bi-weekly schedule just so that we can, you know, kind of collect our thoughts and uh, get more more stuff read and uh, then, of course, more stuff talked about. Um, yes, no, I don't know about you, but I collect my thoughts by taking a, a plastic bag and inverting it over my hand. So cause mm-hmm. it kind of a, you can kind of scoop up your thoughts and then reverse the Ziploc over the thoughts. And, and there you go. I prefer the snot rocket method where you, ah. just, you, you plug up the one nostril thoroughly and then get a good deep breath and just you know, fire it out as, as hard as you can. Of course, you need, you need you need a good mixing bowl to catch it, but... Uh, you or, know. or a computer screen. You know. Indeed, indeed. Or, uh, or, or a sheet of uh, Bristol, you know. <laughs> uh, yes, you can uh, then uh, immortalize it for uh, for all eternity as a page of comics. Uh, but anyway, so this week, um, we are going to be revisiting a topic that we tried to record la- uh, the previous session, which is Star Wars comics. Um, we had a little bit of technical difficulty, and essentially we we recorded an entire show. It was a very good show, but only, was very nice. only my side was recorded. Uh, so uh, it was and frankly, that's not good enough. No, it's not. No. Uh, um, because uh, there, are, there are many uh, Star Wars comics that the Unman has read that I have not, uh, <laughs> going back to some of the older uh, Star Wars comics. Actually, oh, compared to a true Star Wars, you know... Uh, Droid, we are we are pathetically ignorant, but we are we are general comics. Uh, we're you know, comics predators, and uh, I'm willing to feed on Star Wars as well as anything else, and have. Indeed, um, expert now, knowledge we do not claim, but some uh, knowledge. Well, for for that, of course, there's always the uh, uh, Wikipedia, which is of course the the, the ultimate. It is the ultimate uh, reference and collection. So anything that we mention on this, you can actually go to Wikipedia, and you can. 
find mention to any of those. In fact, I actually found, while browsing that, I found a few little tidbits that led me to more Star Wars comics. And um, it's, uh, it, it really is fascinating how the, the, uh, the expanded universe, that is, as it's called, has kind of taken off from the original Star Wars movies. And th- there are many, many amazing stories that we'll never see the the light of day on on a, on the uh, excuse me on the silver screen, but uh, it's it's really worth going and digging through um, all the Star Wars comics because there are some uh, some of the stories which, if were made into movies, would be absolutely you know f- absolutely fantastic. Um, There's good stuff out there. Also, of course, it's its share of embarrassing crap, but that's oh, any. Yes. Any franchise or industry this vast must have its uh, its deserts and swamps. Um, Indeed, and um, it does. Well, let me let me get my uh, list, of, my prodigious list of notes here. The prodigious list is about to be produced. Indeed, Hold, stand indeed. by, standing by. Um, okay. Well, the uh, the first thing um, that must have hurt. Indeed, I think I might have pulled a back muscle. Um, well, the the first thing I'd like to talk about is one of these stories that is truly um, it, on par with the original uh, original movies. Uh, many people actually say they, they you know, it's, it's one of the comics that, that sticks the closest to the original source material. And this is Star Wars Dark Empire. And um, the, art, uh, the writer is uh, Tom Veach. I think that's how you pronounce it. V-E-I-T-C-H. And uh, the art is by Cam Kennedy. And the first thing you'll notice when you open up this book is the art. The, the it's very clearly the comic book style, um, you know, lots of really nice traditional inks, um, and uh, surprisingly uh, watercolor washes for the colors, and it's it's really a it, it's a very very vibrant rich style that is really uh, really not seen in a lot of comics. There's a lot of a lot of effort put into making this look really really nice. Yeah, I'm looking at page one right now, and it's dominated by. Uh, watercolor wash, mm-hmm. uh, sta- sort of spreading stains of watercolor to create a kind of, um, uh, you know, kind of, s- kind of science fiction environment, uh, outer space feel, an alternative to the uh, to the Kirby Crackle, uh, which is done with you know traditional tools of pencil and India ink on a brush or a or a nib pen. This is done with uh, very physical looking materials. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a computer. It's very, um, like this person dipped a brush and spread water around on paper. And there's a lot that dominates the page as a sort of a planetary background mm-hmm. setting the science fiction space scene. And, um, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a great, great introduction to this person's art. Cam Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Just apparently painted painting uh, professionally. In France, of all places, indeed. But they need painted in France. But he was doing it. Uh, well, well. Uh, other than the um, the art in this, the the story is also. Uh, is, it's been a while since I've actually gone through and read this, but it really, it really does. It, it, it's it's got a, a lot of you know, a lot of political political intrigue. But um, as it within a lot of Star Wars, but this is still, uh, this is still focused a lot on the action. There's a lot of um, you know the, the even though uh, of course uh, the emperor has uh, been killed off, the the war is still raging on as as would as as you would expect. That is kind of a question that's kind of left at the end of the movies. Where okay, well yes, they defeated the emperor and the uh, you know the the the, the the empire has has fallen, but 
it, this is also addressed in some of the other the other stories that uh, are are part of the you know the canonical um, timeline of Star Wars. That well, yes, they did defeat the Emperor, but the Empire still exists. There's still you know officers and you know uh, uh, superior you know superiors and and the troops are still there. The right, entire you may, the cut, you may cut the head off the tr- the cosmic chicken, but that doesn't stop the rest of it from running around. Indeed, there's there's even a story. I, I'm it was a, a book that I had read quite a while ago. I think in high school where they they actually mentioned they were going. They had to go around to all these different sectors of the galaxy because the communication is not excellent. You know, going from <laughs> going around an entire galaxy and there were many outposts where the officers had no idea. The, the the news had not reached them yet that uh, the em- that the emperor was dead. So they uh, and, and that was still um, a story point that they carried on for uh, a long time in the comics and in the the novels that there were in fact uh, a large section of the empire that retreated to a sector of the galaxy and is still in power and trying to take over. But yes, so that a lot of this is having to deal with the empire. You know, they still have to they're still having to fight the empire and um, to do so. Um, Luke has had to uh he's had to go down some some roads that uh are maybe not best uh tra- or maybe not good for a Jedi to travel in in order to uh to combat the the existence of the dark side. And we're not talking about uh about the New Jersey thruway. Oh no, no no. Um th- something there, far worse even than that. Yes, th- there well another great thing is that of course the Death Star is gone, but there there are still lots of crazy machines that uh that are, uh, are are shown in this. In, in one of the best are these these giant kind of squarish machines that are that literally go down to the uh, a planet and kind of suck up the surface of the planet and it, it yes there, there's, Re- remanufacture it into <laughs> into weapons. Oh, yeah, sort yes, yes. The, there's yeah the, the there's two uh, two splash pages here. They say that when the emperor created the Death Star, Calamari was at the top of the list of the world scheduled to be annihilated by that dreadful battle station. And now, at last, whoever is reunifying the Empire is carrying out the Emperor's decision uh, to, to discipline us with the new World Devastators. World Devastators. I'm yes. surprised to not see, like, a expected sort of General Dynamics a corporate logo on the side of one or, you know... <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, they, they, they do look They do look like... The, they don't look, you know, quite as, I guess, nice as the Death Star. But then again, the Death Star was a nice, round, planetoid shape. These literally look like giant industrial buildings kind of floating around. Like shoeboxes with feet that indeed indeed although although it is described that what they do is as they're destroying everything they suck up all the raw materials and create new ships and weapons for uh the imperials which is i I mean hey they're recycling that's that's one thing that's that's a good point you know i always like to to point out that um you know the the what europe uh invaded conquered enslaved and raped the world using organic food and renewable energy back in the uh back in the uh, you know 1400s through the uh, 1800s, um, mm. long before we had, uh, you know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so the empire, the empire is just following a long tradition here of empires. Indeed, indeed. Uh, um, the, go, um, go on, go but, on. But uh, the yes, so the, there there is a quite a big um, spoiler in this that I, I cannot give away because it is. In, in, if you are a fan of Star so, Wars and you you know you you've uh, you've watched the movies and you've read some of the books, this is a a plot point that really only appears in this one book. It is part of the the canon of Star Wars, but it's you know it's kind of brought up and dealt with by the end of this story, and it it does have to do with I guess the the legacy of the the Emperor. That's all I can really say. Um, but uh, it it is if when you're reading this, it is quite a it it really is kind of a classic 
um, you know, kind of point from the, uh, the, the the movies where you know there's always there's always some little extra uh, there's 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 always some sort of extra um, element to uh, you know to a situation that's going on. Like yes, you think things may be over, but there's still there's still something going on in the background. You can't take your eye off it. Um, and uh, you know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff that uh, uh, Han and Leia get up in, uh, get up to in here. Of course, you know all all of the all the familiar characters are still in a, in, a, in fighting right. trim. So the familiar the familiar kind of canonical core gang in play. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also something that I I can give away, which is it's it's not a spoiler because if you're if you followed the Star Wars, I, I don't know. I I guess okay. Well. If you uh, if you're listening uh, on your your iPod your iPhone I guess you know hit the uh, the skip 15 seconds button because I will uh, give a small spoiler they do Beep. reveal at some point that uh, Boba Fett it, was not killed by what are you doing stop <laughs> beeping. beeping stop beeping no, the, uh, <laughs> it, that, goes, that, uh, it goes with spoiler Boba Fett yes he's, yeah, but he's, Boba uh, Fett was revealed to have not been uh, consumed by the the Zarlacc, but um, he can't it, so, he, so he may, I think it gave him a rash. Yes, something, something, something. Yeah. Yes, so it's a, of course you know in later books he does appear again. So it's not a, it's not quite as a big spoiler as the other one, which I will not reveal. You must read this. Uh, I, I would it's say a good, it's a very good comic. I, lots I was, of lots of really, it, it's it's nice to see. It, it's it. I I really I really do say it's it's so rare to see a a, a, a comic that has you know a really a really good story that's been adapted from source material. Like th- there's. There's, there's, uh, I guess something similar that I have not read yet, and I have not, I've yet to pass judgment on, is the uh, before Watchmen comics that DC is producing, which, of course, are they're 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 supposed to be, you know, a, a prelude to the Watchmen story, you know, what happened to Mothman and all sorts of other stuff, you know, uh, w- w- but um, but this, of course, is continuing on. Uh, very very soon after the movie, so there's. That's that's one of the things I like best about it is that it goes forward instead of going back. I've yes, got, yes. I've got a strong allergy to prequels. Mm. Prequels seem to me to be be by their very nature doomed to, uh, kind of you know what's where it's all going. You're constrained. No matter what happens, you got to end up where you where the previous thing started. You know, it's just so. There's there's a kind of a. I mean, you're you're writing with handcuffs on, you know, if you're mm-hmm. writing a prequel, and uh, there's been a huge gust for prequels in the movies and the comics, and I like the Star Wars comics because they go forward, and uh, and I don't know what's going to happen, and and it's not all. And the movies went back, of course, into prequel, prequel, prequel. Well, I don't like those movies. I'm not that kind of fan. I think they sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I know, I know, it's it's blasphemy. But I, I blaspheme a lot. It's it's good. You should try it. You should all try it sometime. All everyone everywhere. All the little children should try some blasphemy sometimes. And um, question authority. Yeah, that too, including your own, and and the authority of the, of even even of artists and comic book makers. I yes, like yes. Star Wars comics. I'm praising them because they go forward instead of back. The movies went back. I think that was an imaginative, creative error of the first degree well that that is soon to be rectified um both in the next topic and on the big screen of course there there is uh yes jj abrams is of course uh working on the next generation of star wars movies and they are moving forward which is which is good huzzah um they're now speaking of the movies well yeah i I, yeah (laughs) excuse me let me let me uh set the stage here so uh 
there, of course, lots of comics are going forward with the you know the Star Wars story. Uh, one of which we'll talk about in a moment, which is indeed a confusing cornucopia. Oh, yes. c- could be characterized as mm-hmm. yes. Uh, well, there, there. One of them is uh, Star Wars Legacy, which um, you ha- you notified me uh, to its existence, and uh, I started reading it, and uh, I believe I, s- I believe you had sent me a bunch of it. There is an older a, a quote unquote older. Uh, run that it had in uh, 2005, I believe. I think it uh, might have started in 2006. Oh, no, you know, 2006, no, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a 50-issue run, and apparently that one does have an impact on the new... They, they started producing it again. It's the same title, Star Wars Legacy, but now being you know, produced in 2013. Since March 2013, yes. Right, right. Um, now, I only have six issues. I think you have more. Um, uh, I think I'm up through nine. Up okay, through okay. Nine. But yeah, so I... Yeah, I, I noticed, I, I kind of quickly started, you know, flipping through the first um, uh, run of it, and I noticed there's, um, you know, there's something about, like, a Sith Lord who proclaims himself a new Emperor, and then I didn't have time to read more of it. I went into the uh, 2013, and they're talking about him in the uh, the new, new, I guess, not not the reboot, but they've, you know, they've, they've started up the, the Star Wars Legacy comic book series again. And uh, unfortunately, because of how I am... Uh, I'm obsessive about you know whenever I start getting into something. I'm of course I'm going to have to stop reading the 2013 and go back and read the old one. But <laughs> uh, from what I saw in the old one, the art in that was also very good. Um, the newer one, there's a lot more of a. It, it's it's a the art style is a bit rougher, um, a little simpler colors, but uh, nevertheless, a very very good handle on the, uh, the 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 look of a kind of a. You know the Star Wars universe down the road. Things have changed a little bit. Some things have not changed. Uh, there, yeah, there is. Yep, yep. I, I the, particularly like to praise the art. The, the artist is. Um, it, it's it's a little. Uh, there's some staging things well. They're using a slightly loose kind of inky looking style, but it's it's not affected. It's a good storytelling style. You can really go the miles with it. Um, it's very rich. Very rich. I enjoy the art. Uh, I think it's very well done. And um, uh, we should say who a lot of use, is, great of use of uh, of what used to be called Ben Day dots or the stippling pattern. That ah, is, yes, yes. Overlaid over a drawing. Now done with computer. Long ago done with sheets of plastic with little dots on them that would ru- you would rub onto the to the paper. Uh, first used, I think, in the Phantom strip which predated even superman back in the 1930s ah, yes, uh, and yes. and they've been they're very effectively used here to create space and texture i'm trying to see and, where and the main is. thing is there's characters you, you learn pretty quick the first issue it takes one or two issues to get going but you really care about the characters i think it's got a good story um uh, uh, nothing but praise for star wars legacy 2013 i was i'm, I'm gonna follow this comic this is this is and you know oh yeah one more thing Couple of things, if I can just quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Main character is a is a woman, young woman. She's a junk dealer on some planet. Yes, a remote descendant of Han Solo. Right, right. And uh, and Leia. Uh, her last name is Solo. Interesting that patronymic name descending is is still uh, even long ago and far away. Uh, the father's name seems to have uh, been the one that got handed on. Never mind. But she's a good character. She's um she's cute, but they're not playing up the comic book sexuality to the point of kind of flinching away, you know, where it makes you flinch. It's, it's not, she's, she's really quite a human character. Um, and I would, I would give this comic book to an eight or a 10 year old without, without any blushes. This is, this is something that's 
there's not enough comics that are for kids. I mean, we've been saying for so many decades out of our insecurity about comics, oh, comics aren't just for kids anymore. And we've proved it by filling them with torture and tits. And, <laughs> Indeed. and the fact is that comics need to keep their roots in the kind of storytelling, I think, that kids can feed upon. Yes. And, yeah, there, there is, uh, yeah, to, to go on that point, there is, you know, of course, you know, the uh, kind of the sci-fi violence in this, but it's it's very clean, of course. That's one of, one of the reasons why the, you know, the, the, the blasters and the uh, and the lightsabers are, are so good for, you know, kind of reaching the younger audience. Because, yes, it's it's similar to the, uh, you know, stuff in, in, in fantasy where, you know, there's lots of swords and blood everywhere or, you know, uh, other sci-fi where they are using regular, you know, kind of like the military sci-fi where they're still using rifles and whatnot. But... There's, it's, it really is a perfect example of you don't need to go the super gory route. You can just have it be a bit more dramatic and then get to the story that much faster instead of focusing on puddles of blood spreading everywhere. Yes, yes. So, so-and-so has been hung up by his feet with his own intestines and set on fire by the bad guys. Like, you know, let's just move right along here. Some story, shall we? And there's plenty of it here. Plenty oh, yes. of story, plenty of threads going. Uh, I'm I'm very pleased and refreshed as a as a qualified certified duffer old-timer curmudgeon that here in 2013 that people are are making fresh comics that don't rely on shock value that have sort of almost a comics code uh quality about them which i don't i don't mean as denigration i think that's that's actually a a really good thing to work within constraints gk chesterton famously said the most important part of any picture is its frame Hmm. uh the limits that you have to work within are are, are terribly important in any art form and here there are invisible limits that are being observed about you know what kind of what's going to be depicted and they're doing a great job within that frame yes I, I would almost say I, it might be a little bit too early to kind of speculate but I do I do love to speculate about comics I Bro, think I think I think that we may be seeing in you're the wrong next... oh you're so wrong shut up <laughs> I know you're wrong <laughs> shut up little man Okay. <laughs> um, no, but what I was saying is I think we might be seeing in the next, you know, starting now, probably going over the next uh, decade or so, um, is that I think we're going to see a resurgence, uh, particularly in uh, in indie comics. But I think we're seeing we're going to see a, a much more powerful resurgence of kind of, uh, you know, a, a, or I should say a departure from the, you know, the grim, gritty stuff and trying to kind of get back to the, you know, the, the old, you know, kind of like a. The, the the old spirit of comics, you know, the the kind of the the, the sim, not not necessarily simple storylines, but the kind of uh, f- focusing more on you know the uh, the, the, the fun the, the fun you can have with the fun you can have with comics, not not yeah the fun yeah the elementary yes. themes of adventure, survival, friendship, you know, exactly. loyalty, betrayal, um, you know, and we don't you don't need to be proving anything with the extremity of what's happening in the comic. Some great I, I, comics have done some extreme things, but that's not a diet we can really you can really live on. It'd be like it's like trying to live on on whiskey shots. You need some you need some bread and salt and milk, you know. Yes. To, Preferably all mixed up together as meatloaf. <laughs> exactly with meat with meat to make meatloaf. Exactly. Meat. This is the meatloaf of comics. I say that as someone who would kill innocent bystanders to get at a good meatloaf. And and uh and have and, and have indeed. I've I've made I've made meatloaf so good that I, I feel I could have killed someone for it. <laughs> we did kill someone for it, but we just don't know the name of the pig. No, no, indeed. the lamb or the uh, or the cow. The uh, I wox. wanted to just say that I wanted to just 
we should always take a moment to name artist and writer. Oh, yes, and yes. Star Wars Legacy is scripted by Corinna Bechko. Interesting to see a woman's name. Uh, mm-hmm. Not so common in the comics industry as writer. No. Gabriel Hardman uh, is also scripting art by Gabriel Hardman. Huzzah mm-hmm. for Gabriel. Uh, applause. More than golf claps from here in Vermont, anyway. Indeed. And, uh, and an enabled team on color cover art by Dave Wilkins, who does great uh, sort of movie poster style. Yes, yes, it it is. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I I like it. I like it quite a bit. Yeah, it's a nice painterly style that's used. Um, both both. Uh, yeah, I maybe not so much in the interior, but definitely on on the cover. I like it. I like. Yeah, it's almost almost like a like a brush, like a like a. When I say brush, I mean like a you know, like an India ink, like a traditional co- uh, comics artist brush, mm-hmm. almost used inside. Probably I don't know done digitally for all I know, or maybe this person's using paper and ink, but. I'm uh, I'm looking at digital I'm, effects being used, but yeah, it's it's most definitely digital. I think well, most stuff is done digitally now, just because it's so much quicker and you can simulate a lot of stuff digitally. Uh, yeah. I'm actually working on trying to pin down a digital coloring style, and I'm I'm definitely gravitating more towards a painterly style. It it looks it looks I I, I personally think it looks better than um you know than the 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 uh, cuts uh, coloring style, which is what the What's used in a lot of uh, Marvel and DC stuff, that very smooth, uh, vectored, uh, you know, coloring style with gradients. And, well, we used, uh, what we used to denigrate as airbrushed. Yes. Well, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, because that, that, that kind of coloring style looks much different than something that's been airbrushed. Something that's been airbrushed is much smoother. Where, uh, indeed, a lot of the stuff that you know, the more painterly style is done in you know, in Photoshop or some other coloring program that's that can simulate that look um, because you can get it very smooth or you can make it, you know, look like very kind of chunky and, and uh, you know, like there's, you can see a lot of the brush strokes or you can make it very, very smooth. Mm. Um, but um, yes, I actually uh, move, moving, moving on, uh, moving, on, moving, moving on. on. So yes, uh, it was, uh, I'll, I'll tie it. I'll tie in the color talk in just a moment. Um, but uh, the, the next comic I want to talk about is uh, we're taking a step back um, in the star Wars comics, but to the left, uh, just to uh, jump um, to the left, yes. Uh, yes. A little uh, bit of time warping is about to occur. <laughs> Indeed. Ah. Uh, t- time warping and dimension hopping. I'm talking about the Star Wars. Uh, not Star Wars, the Star Wars. Um, it's, it's a new series being produced by Dark Horse Comics. Um, not the Dark Horse stomach Comics, just Dark Horse Comics. D- yeah, Dark Horse Comics. Uh, <laughs> but, but the Star Wars. You're, you're confusing me quite, well, quite that's thoroughly. That's so easily done, I can't resist. You're confusing me and the listeners. Uh, oh well, sorry. The, the one, the one listener we probably have. Back, back uh, to the war stores. A, any, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's called the Star Wars. It's based on George Lucas's original rough draft screenplay for uh, the movie. Um, Originally called to be called the Hardware Stores, but they got such negative reactions from the focus groups that they they changed it. Yes, the knobs were being turned hard to the left. Um, so uh, this this story. Still focuses on many of uh, many familiar characters, but it's obvious when you start reading this that you can see you can almost see immediately where uh, uh, where George Lucas you know when, once he went back and did some more drafts on it, um, you, you can see where he kind of started taking elements from different characters and piecing them together uh, to create what we finally you know come to know as uh, Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia, Han Solo, Darth Vader, and all the others. Uh, it, it's it does start off with um, you know on a on a small on, on a small planet um, with uh, the Star Killer family. 
which uh, is a name that apparently the the uh, it, it doesn't make much sense. I mean, no, you can't no, no. kill a star. No, well, <laughs> we can't walk a star either. So I don't no, know. So, I don't know. Well, yeah, cool. the uh, that Lucas was originally going to use the name Star Killer for the the hero, and uh, which is attached to the hero, um, or, or I guess the the apprentice in this this version of the story. Uh, the studio apparently did not like it and told him to change it, which is understandable. So he just kind of he got rid of that name altogether and just used the Skywalker name, which is part of a character in here. Um, I don't want to say like too much about the story because one of the nice things about reading this is that it's so kind of different than a lot of the Star Wars stuff you've read before. A lot of the traditional themes and trappings of the universe have changed a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I will I will say, though, um, it's... I, I, I don't know. It, it's hard. To, it, I really have to say it's hard to talk about this without giving a lot away about it. Um, and it, it really is nice as a fan of Star Wars and of comics to read something that, you know, that's it's it's someone someone is trying to or you know in this this case you know a group of people are really trying to bring, you know, in new interest back to something that has been kind of trodden over, uh, for for so long. You know, there's so many different uh, like aspects. Oh, face. Indeed. Sorry. As so uh, so many so many uh, aspects of Star Wars have been covered so far. It really is nice to see, kind of like a fresh look at it. Um, you know, there's, there's still, of course, the uh, the the Sith and the uh, the, the Jedi. Um, although in this they are called um, uh, the Jedi Bendu, and they are they they you like, of course. <laughs> indeed, uh, it has I, I am in it. the bent one. But it, the in this the the um, the Jedi are, are much much more um, highly trained and, and uh, militaristic than they they are in the Star Wars movies. And, there, and there's a bunch of them too, which right, is right. different, of course, in the the beginning Star Wars. Go on, go on. I have I have remarks yeah, to make as well, right, but um, yeah, no. yes. Um, well, I say mean, your pitiful, say your pitiful piece. Indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah, there, <laughs> there is there is one thing that I I was reading through here that I got a little bit hung up on. It kind of took me out of the story a bit. The character, um, Luke Skywalker, who is a uh, a gen, he is a general on um, I believe it's uh, a gray bearded uh, a gray bearded general. There's really nothing. Star Wars Luke about him except his name. Uh, he, but what I was especially I was going to say, he looks kind of. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a lot like George Lucas, which really I, I did not like. I, I got over it fairly quickly, but um, so the one of the nice things about this uh, comic is that you know a lot of stuff had to be redesigned. Um, of course, you know, keeping keeping in in uh, in in touch with a lot of the original Star Wars. Uh, you know, Star Wars designs for the ships and stuff, but there there's an entire section in the back of the first issue where they show a lot of the redesigns. Um, one of them is interesting, which is the Imperial Capital, which is floating above Coruscant, but it's not quite as crazy as it was um, it was made out to be later on in the Star Wars movies. Indeed, the Imperial Capital was kind of repurposed and redesigned as Cloud City in the movies. Um, yep. We call of course the Cloud City in the uh, the old Star Trek episode, which was a thing called the Cloud Miners. I'm not sure if that's the title of the episode, but hmm. and they're very much uh, prefiguring the Cloud City. Always seemed to be a terrible engineering idea, like like the helicarrier. It seems to me that oh yes, yeah, you're really asking for it when you when you build a very large structure in the air. You know, the, there's uh, or, there, there's been multiple times when that's made fun of in, in Marvel. Yeah. It's the fact that. <laughs> The, uh, the helicarrier constantly is falling out. Indeed, the new Captain America movie, the 
right in the trailer, the helicarrier falls out of the sky and crashes. Anyway, all right, let's let's continue. Okay, continue. Oh, yeah, so you were talking about uh, uh, the Star Wars. Yes, the Star Wars. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, there, there there's a lot more simplistic elements to the story that uh, were also kind of tightened up in later um, in, in in later drafts. You know, one of which being that uh, the Empire is still you know trying to you know conquer different areas of the galaxy, and that indeed is kind of like one of the main point of uh that, that's it's focusing you know, that's kind of bringing all the characters together it's the main conflict so you know some of the uh, the sith are heading there um there's uh you know the character darth vader does exist although he does not have his helmet there's another character who appears later on who he yes that's one of the strange things is that darth vader himself is is he's the general on the other side where luke skywalker is a general on on the um on, on the side of good i guess you could say the um, people who wear slightly who wear earth tones as opposed to death as a, the, the the earth tone people versus the goths. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Yes, there's, there's a lot of um, a lot of white in the the uniforms uh, for the uh, the good guys. Um, but w- one thing I found interesting, particularly, is that the character who became Darth Vader um, is kind of cobbled together out of three characters in this. There's the actual character Darth Vader, who's still in the kind of the character role that he was in the movie. He's you know, kind of the, uh, he's one of the, the head generals, um, uh, and he, he's even got, you know, the same <clears throat> uh, uh, outfit, the body outfit, but no helmet. Uh, and then there's, later on, there's a character who comes to assist him in, I think, issue two or three, where he is one of the Sith, um, uh, the, the Sith Knights, and he's got, like, a breathing apparatus on his face. And then there's another character who's got kind of a robotic body that's been, you know, slowly pieced together over time. And all three of those characters were combined to make, you know, the Darth Vader character uh, in the, uh, the final movie. And it really, it really does show that, you know, when you're writing, when you're creating a comic, it really is important to kind of go and, you know, do multiple drafts of things because you never know what you could see. You could you could find little things that can be pulled together to create something much much better. And of course, the mess with your stuff. Indeed, yeah. I, in, yeah. actually, I think one of the um, one of the the best quotes I've heard recently about you know writing was came from Joss Whedon, of course, you know, from Firefly fame, and you know, wrote the Avengers. He's now one of Marvel uh, Entertainment's uh, golden boys over there, and he he um. But he, he, of course, has a, a great reputation for creating amazingly interesting stories with great, great characters. And uh, the, the, the quote, uh, as, as I was getting to, he, he says, sometimes you have to look through your script and find one of your favorite things and cut it from the script because it yeah. will, it will yeah, force that's you... That's a classic bit of, of writing advice, writing truth, that the things you're really attached to, that you're kind of stuck on, you keep trying to find a way to keep them. It may not be you the know, best maybe thing. they just have to go. Indeed. You know? You have, to, um, you have to be a little ruthless to be an artist of any kind. Oh yes, yes, uh, and Ruth, Ruth, Lessless. Where is Ruth? Uh, Ruth, Ruth? I wonder. I wonder where Ruth is. Yeah, we're, uh, we're less one Ruth now, indeed. Uh, thanks to Joss Whedon. Yes, um, but um, but I, yeah. I, my, I'm gonna I'm gonna weigh in on this comic. Um, all that all that the bent one has been telling you is true. Uh, I didn't like it as much. Uh, partly, it's my my kind of aversion to prequels and and. Um, recreations of things that were perfect the first time like uh for instance i i was kind of cheesed off by the you know insistence of the tolkien estate on, on reprinting 
the, the first draft of the book, like in full, you know, like, why are you doing this? You know, he worked on it, he made it right, and that's the book we have. Why do we need to dredge up the draft and, and read this, this? I mean, unless you're a sort of literary historian. Similarly here, I'm wondering, well, they made so much, they made so many good calls going from here to the Star Wars that changed science fiction in 1977. Mm-hmm. Um, you went to a much more kind of fairy tale, instead of a war story, it became more of a fairy tale where you have the farm boy and, you know, has to leave home to find his fortune and, the, the mystic heritage uh, he's sort of he's sort of a the swan raised by ducks or whatever it is um, all these all these kind of fairy tale elements have been combined to make a, a really compelling yet simple story in the in the Star Wars we have the the movie that that cha- that that made such a hit and here you've kind of gone back to an earlier stage where things weren't as well thought out and you've got mm-hmm. kind of, you know revived it so my feeling is if you've got limited time and or money, my my, I'm gonna press the buzzer for Star Wars Legacy. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's a much more yeah. Star Wars Legacy is clear this clearly the superior comic here. Um, and uh, I would I would definitely say yeah. If you if you have a choice, I mean it's it's certainly fun to uh to read it. You know if you can get your hands on a copy. Um, the the another thing about the 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 Star Wars is that. The, the coloring is very, very good, but the inking is, I would say, it feels a little rushed. Um, I, I, I would say my general impression of the whole kind of project in general is that it feels like something to kind of appease the fans that have, you know, been constantly just like bitching about Lucas changing things. Like here, here, you, you like him changing things so much. Let's go back to the original goddamn draft. It even says right on the on on the front, based on the original rough draft screenplay. So, yeah, the, the story is not going to be. I mean, yes, obviously they had to adapt it and then you know make it into the comics. So there was some probably some some writing decisions that they had to make. But for for the most part, it is based on the original rough draft. So it can't ever. I, w- I would say this this comic, while interesting to read, is not essential. Um, and. Uh, that uh, I think that's 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 all I have to say on uh, the Star Wars. I would, uh, if it's acceptable to you and your bentness, oh, mm-hmm. oh, your bentness, as yeah, uh, yes, as yes. Han Solo might say, um, <laughs> <laughs> your your bendedness. Um, a remark uh, might be forthcoming on the earlier, just the earlier Star Wars comics that uh, oh, yes, the very yes. first ones from nineteen, starting in nineteen seventy nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been reading some of these lately, and is this an auspicious moment at which? To oh yes, find indeed. About them? Let's 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 jump off uh, to talk about other other Star Wars related comics. All right. A brief brief background is that there, uh, as anyone can find from Wikipedia, that there was a Star Wars comic strip before there was any comic book. There was a newspaper strip that was published from 1979 to 84, and um, for this strip, they got two. Very well loved and well known artists, science fiction artists of of the of the period, and uh, who had earned their fame in earlier decades. Russ Manning, uh, also known for uh, Magnus Robot Fighter, ah, and yes. uh, and Al Williamson, uh, who is probably most famous for his work on Flash Gordon, although he's done a bunch of stuff. Russ Manning did a bunch of the Star Wars comic strip, and then he had to retire due to ill health, and he died quite young. Uh, Al Williamson took it over, and uh, did. Even better work, I think. Although I, I love Russ Manning, I'm big big fan of the man. Um, but uh, Al Williamson, you know, within and, and very interesting 
constraints, again, going back to the theme of constraints, what is more constrained than a daily newspaper strip? You have to tell a story in, in little blips uh, that has to be broken up and someone has to work for the reader to not have seen, to see it in these almost movie frames. They're, they're so small, there's so little you can tell in a daily strip. The whole, um, the whole strategy of storytelling has to be adapted around that. And it's, it's, uh, uh, it's remarkable what people can achieve given that almost impossible. It's like, you know, being asked to dance with just your head sticking out of a block of vibranium. Um, and, uh, I've, these were reprinted by the way, as the classic star Wars or just classic star Wars, I guess, by dark horse starting in the early nineties, both mm -hmm. the Manning and the Williamson, um, issues. And of course, they can be bought used or bit torrented. Uh, they're not for sale anymore uh, that I know of. Um, and they were colored. And I think uh, since uh, Williamson was still alive, he actually did some extra. He added some frames and, and helped kind of machine the continuity for the comic book version. But um, those are worth looking into. Uh, I think they're they're a very interesting part of the Star Wars heritage, a bridge between the later Star Wars industry and the earlier science fiction comics world, which both Manning and Williamson were, were big players and big artists. Uh, Manning, also famous for his Tarzan work. Um, I praise them, uh, but they're not everyone's taste. And of course, they're, they don't have the kind of uh, ambitious, kind of big screen feel that contemporary comics go for because they were being projected onto a, practically into a postage stamp. You had, to, you had to practically something like a big postage stamp to work on to to make the Star Wars universe. How did they do that? It's really just from the, from the as a comics maker, Bent One, you might want to look at it just to see how do people do it when they're hardly allowed to do it at all. Oh yeah, there's there's some really really good things to be learned from the early comics. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of really good traditional drawing methods. There's like you said, there's the the incredible limitation of okay, you've got you know, you've, you've got a, a certain length on the page. You can't go down. You can only go across. You've got four panels. That's about it, depending if you get creative and figure out a way to, you know, splice the panels up. But, yeah, there, there's only so much you can you can do with that, um, which I think it is it is beneficial that, you know, the the visual medium for comics has kind of moved beyond the funny pages. Um, but. It, uh, it 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 is. It's a good. I'd say it's it's a good exercise for for any anyone who's creating comics to kind of go and do like, you know, see see you know see if you can do it. See if you can, you know, get like a uh, get the gist across for even like a little simple setting in just the four panels. Or you know, uh, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who still do it. Um, especially, right. It's going to come especially back for web comics. Of, of yeah, because of, of self-published or some is dot comics online, people are doing things in small units. Uh, they're not doing a, a you know a thirty-two page issue or whatever it may be. Uh, yeah, uh, um, one one of the best examples I think I can I can uh, recommend for you know just like short little um, uh, sh short short little kind of newspaper style comics that are a absolutely hilarious is uh, Hark a Vagrant. Um, hmm. which, uh, I believe the uh, the artist is uh, Kate Beaton. Um, but, uh, it's, I, I actually saw her at, um, at this last Comic-Con. It was, it was her, um, I, I'm trying to remember the guy who, who draws, uh, Dr. McNinja, which is another great web comic, but, uh, she, she, she has a, a really, a really kind of funny little, uh, drawing style, very simple, but all, all she does is she does everything in 
the little four panel uh, strips and just to get these little kind of often sometimes crude or, you know, ridiculous jokes across. But they're really a joy to read because in four panels, uh, whatever she's trying to accomplish is done. The joke is made and it's hilarious. And there are very few people who can pull that off correctly. Right. It's sort of the um, the the like Peanuts. Peanuts said in his heyday, which was at least 20 years long. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, Schultz uh, accomplished uh, produced a sort of psychologically complex universe in those four little panels that has not really been surpassed since in, in uh... well I, I would say um, I mean you can't talk about stuff like that without talking about um, uh, Bill Watterson and Calvin and Hobbes who yeah, yeah. of course is viewed by many uh, including a lot of his, his, his peers as one of the masters of uh, of um, you know of, of the Sunday comic strip uh, in, in, in fact there's there's actually a documentary that was released recently called Dear Mr. Watterson, which is all about, um, you know, Calvin and Hobbes and, you know, the impact it had on future generations. And it was interviews with guys like, a, is it Berkeley Breathed or Berkeley Breathed? Uh, I can't, you know, I don't know how to pronounce that name. I've always hell, been afraid to say the, that. The guy, the guy, the guy, created, the guy so created make a, a mess of it. And I bet you just did. Yeah. Anyway, well, <laughs> indeed, the guy makes fun of his, his own name in the comics. The, the guy who created Bloom County. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, <I am. laughs> uh, another another bizarre, wacky uh, comic strip. But yes, the, uh, if if you if for some reason you've never really sat down and read Calvin and Hobbes, you really owe it to yourself too. That it is it is truly some of the best stuff you will ever read. I'm talking. I'm including, uh, you know, regular comic books, graphic novels, anything. There's something magical about Calvin and Hobbes that, out of everything. Uh, it's 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 very very hard to uh, to find something that rivals it. Um, yes, the only the, the only element that it really lacks that uh, Schultz specialized in, say especially in his late fifties, early sixties uh, work, which I think is his peak, was cruelty. It's incredible the amount of cruelty that is found in um, in in the Schultz comics, and I think it's what makes them really great. Is uh, is their uh, is their finding of, of this kind of psychologically dark humor? Of course. None of it, what we're, what's happening here to us is that we're digressing wildly, which is great. Next, next, comics, next up on next up on your brain. Something else. Next Every up on your brain on comics is cognizant uh, of a whole constellation mm. of other artists. Um, it's it's part of the pleasure of the kind of being tumbled in the surf of Indeed. once you get into it, once you start getting rolled by the great ocean of comics. Uh, I mean, think of this: one of the one of the defining earliest comics occurred in the newspapers. That would be, say, Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, by Alex Raymond, who who was a masterful artist, so beautiful pictures. He didn't even want to put word balloons over his images. He wanted the words to get out of the picture because the picture he wanted the pictures to be that good. And of course, he was defining the kind of swashbuckling science fiction that's very much Star Wars later. Oh yes, yes. Uh, I mean, um, yeah. well, actually, uh, yes. Let us yeah, let us get back to Star Wars. Um, well, there we go. We've, we've closed the messy circle. Indeed. Uh, you know, um, well, the trail of blood drips right back to where it began. <laughs> uh, there, there's one last thing I want to uh, I want to mention, and that is some of the the the, the non-canon comics for Star Wars, which there are there are a few of. Um, particularly, there's uh, there was a series that was uh, put out. Um, I'm not sure exactly of the date. Uh, it was uh, I, b- I believe it was it was uh, early you know sometime in the 90s, uh, early 2000s. But it's called Star Wars Tales, and they were almost all uh, kind of non-canon stories that were kind of 
it was kind of like it was essentially an anthology where different writers and artists were kind of brought together and they created these these stories based in the Star Wars universe. Uh, you know, using the characters, sometimes using other characters, creating new ones. Um, but one of them I really, I really, really liked just because it focuses on something that not a lot of um, other other comics or uh, not a lot of other, you know, you know, storytelling does. It focuses on the uh, kind of like the, the grunt soldiers or in this in this particular comic, uh, the stormtroopers. And it's it's a comic that it's just called Trooper. It, it appeared in Star Wars Tales issue number 10. And it uh, it's essentially follows the story of um, the trooper that Leia shoots in the face in the in the first movie, you know, towards the beginning where uh, <laughs> the, the, right right before she's she's stunned and then they take her to Darth Vader. She she shoots one of them in the face and it literally just goes back to like to the beginning of like his his story when he was, uh, you know, he had a, a dead end life on this planet and then he gets a chance to, you know, join the uh you know the uh, the empire, and then he goes through this crazy training regime and all sorts of stuff. Where he's had to like Basically, claw his they, way to the they top. Explain how come they, despite the crazy training, these guys are so ineffectual. Indeed, indeed. Uh, they, yeah, they, they, they. I don't know if they they talk about that, but uh, <laughs> in in a sense, they um, but they, they they do kind of explain you know like just a lot of the stuff behind the stormtroopers. Um, it, it's a simpler story. It's not really you know, super kind of analytical, uh, but it is just kind of, you know, a nice little speculative piece. Like what, what, ha- what was, you know, what, what was the, the story of that guy who lay a shot in the face? And uh, <laughs> there, there, there's, there's some fun elements like uh, towards the end, he's considering, uh, you know, sk- leaving the empire and cause he realizes the mortality rate is slowly catching up to him. <laughs> and uh, he's actually considering, you know, you know, deserting and joining the rebellion. And then of course, Leia shoots him in the face and, that uh, that is, that whole aspect of the story has ended. But it's it is it is once in a while fun to kind of look at that. Uh, another story I can think, or I just want to comment. Story. I, I love the sound of it. I haven't seen it, but I like the um, the unorthodox kind of almost unfan like approach because uh, to to the good guys bad guys question and how uh, you know how, how we can get kind of addicted to the simplistic black cloaks, white robes, all that yes, stuff, yes. and how. Uh, it kind of uh, subverts that character, uh, that aspect of the character of, of this kind of fiction, to say, oh, what if, what if suddenly we break the kind of this, the 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 more the, the moral ethical fourth wall, and um, and go into the world where these people are people, like that guy in the unit, that guy that even were say that you know it's it's almost like doing a, a Sergeant Rock comic where the Nazi suddenly has a story. Like, how did he get to be a Nazi? What's he doing there? What's he doing in the Wehrmacht? You know, maybe he doesn't like it. Maybe he's... No, now he's dead. But there was a story there. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, there, there are... I would say, yeah, if you uh, if, if you like... <laughs> if you like that sort of stuff, go check it out. Um, there's there's, there, there's, uh, there's a few more... No, no, sorry. There, there's one more thing I would suggest everyone check out. Um, these are Marijuana? essentially... No, no. These are essentially... Uh, Star Wars What If comics. Um, Marvel is famous for having a series that they did called Marvel What Ifs, and they would go down some really kind of radical, crazy stories that would, you know, you, you would never, you, you would, some were for comedic uh, uh, purposes and others were for, you know, fairly kind of, you know, pure speculative stuff like, well, what if this didn't happen? What if this happened? Things would drastically change. 
Um, these are called Star Wars Infinities. There's three volumes, one for each of the original movies. Um, and I think they're all titled, you know, with the original movies. It's Star Wars Infinity, A New Hope, Star Wars Infinities, uh, Empire Strikes Back, all that. And um, I won't go into too much of, like, the actual story because that's one of the fun things about reading it is just seeing how much the story diverges with just one thing that changes. Uh, and the first one for A New Hope, the the what-if question focuses on what if Luke's torpedoes hadn't done the job uh, when he goes into, uh, you know, to... to when he goes in to blow up the Death Star, uh, all sorts of all sorts of stuff is is thrown off uh, at that point. Then there's um, in the, the second one, Empire Strikes Back. There's the scene where um, Leia, of course, is coming in undercover as a bounty hunter to bring Chewbacca in because she's looking for Han Solo. Three um, uh, PO has to translate for her for uh, uh, for, for Jabba, and the the key element there is three PO. Uh, is kind of like you know knocked his his head falls off at some point because he's knocked over by Java, and he's not able to translate. So things go horribly wrong from there. And then the last one is what if Luke had died after that abominable snowman attack thing, which is probably one of the more interesting stories of of the three. But I remember reading those back in high school and just being absolutely mesmerized by them because it's if if you are a fan of Star Wars, it's not something you normally get to see because like we mentioned, it's. A lot of the Star Wars comics are focused on furthering the official story, um, you know, just bringing the universe, you know, making it a more well-rounded place. This is, like I said before, it's a step back and to the left. Like, okay, well, let's go back and look at some of the early stuff. But what if things were different? Not not different in the terms of the Star Wars, where everything is kind of taken back to a primordial state. But this is, you know, still taking the stories forward, but in a different path. And it, it's it's fun to see that. There's some there's some really interesting. Uh, questions that are brought up in them and the, and the art is, the art is fun intrigued. too i have not seen this see no, no. You know, i've i've read many I, i'm schooled in many of the old ways of our people but uh you youngling have uh have learned much don't don't use that word <laughs> i don't like that word i don't like it in the star wars movies i don't like it in anywhere else although i don't thank god i don't encounter it anywhere else Indeed. Um, yeah. it's horrible it's horrible uh, horrible <laughs> Uncle Ben. No, no, what, Dr. Strange. That is horrible. Uh, How could you do such a thing? How could you do such a thing? We Indeed. won't even give you context for that, but we are no, quoting. No, no. Someday, someday. If you know the context, I, I celebrate your existence. And if you don't, that's too bad. You are a true believer if you can. <laughs> if, you know, if you know what we're talking about, you are. If, if you, can pick, that, if you can pick that out. Um, yes. So, so um, I believe, I mean, of course, there's many, many more Star Wars stories we could talk about. Um, but... I think, I think we are drawing. This episode is drawing to a close. Yeah, concluding thoughts. How about some? Um, concluding thoughts. Uh, Wrap the, it up. Yeah. the Star Wars, the Star Wars comics um, are will always and, and novels uh, will always be, um, you know, have kind of a soft spot for me. Mainly because there, there's so much good stuff. Um, there's so much good stuff in there. I mean, yes, you do have to kind of filter through some of the some of the mediocre things and some of the uh the avenues best left uh you know not not examined but there even even uh even in a universe so yeah I, no no sorry, excuse me yes in in a universe so vast as uh, the star wars universe is i think it's nice that there are still stories that can be that can be told and good stories and for my part i'd say that uh i'm very refreshed by what i see in the comics because the movies after the second one 
just ceased to, to you know, mostly of those later ones, I just wanted to go and sort of purge my guts in a back alley after seeing it, it was just, uh, it didn't, didn't go down well for me, the whole prequel industry, but the comics take things forward in a way that is both classically uh, in the mode of comics and in the Star Wars feel of it. And of course, Star Wars itself, I've always said, is like a comic book brought to life. That first movie was so pulp and so comic-y that it was a joy to see. It's part of the joy of seeing it on the screen. It's like all those fantasies, boom, on the wide screen. And uh, it's great to see it coming back cycling back into comics and comics coming to life that are really worth reading uh there may be other great ones i particularly am a fan all of a sudden of star wars legacy 2013 series indeed i will definitely continue reading it um but yes so that is that is all for for this week on your brand on comics uh next week uh we shall two weeks two weeks excuse me oh oh, sorry sorry in in, uh, in two weeks in two weeks um the agony boots for him Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> there are two topics which um, we shall we shall cover. One uh, we uh, we talked a bit about last time we recorded. The, there is a, an entire uh, section of comics or an entire group of comics called uh, Cross Gen Comics, which were their own little uh, publishing company that had grand designs for creating a uh, a multiverse. And um, we shall talk more about those. And I also propose that we. Uh, talk a bit about uh, some of the old Agents of Shield comics. Ah, some of the old, some of the old, I, or or maybe not just that. Let's 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 talk some more about. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, Shield so, so. is a, Shield is a great great uh, great one because of course not only does it go back to the Marvel uh, Marvel of the '60s, but it links back to an even even earlier Marvel with. Uh, with the war comics and uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that that whole that whole stream of comics history, the war comic that gave kind of uh, got crossed with the superhero comic to make Shield. Indeed. So yes, we shall save that. Yeah, fascinating for, uh, for stuff. Time. Indeed. But yes, so I for um for for, for this week on uh, your brand on comics, uh, I am the bent one, and I am the unmanly one, the unman. Indeed. And uh, uh, we shall see you um, see you on the next episode. But in the meantime, go read some comics. Read more comics. That's what we, you know, I, I can't give better advice. Do it. Bye. Turn the pages. Fantastic cast is Cynthia Adler, Bob Maxwell, Bill Murray, Jim Pappas, Gary Gerhyden. Narrated by Smiling Stan Lee.